Blog Talk Radio. Welcome once again to the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Reverend Art of folkconjure.com, located in the Blue Ridge Mountains of North Carolina. In just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-hosts, Catherine Ironwood of luckymojo.com in Forestville, California, and Conjureman of conjuremanconsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. This week, we welcome our special guest, Nikki Jean of MsNikkiJean.com in Nashville, Tennessee, bringing us today's tutorial on using bodily fluids. They will take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk practices of hoodoo, conjure, or root work, as divine and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooists of our time. You can learn a lot about it from those who sign up at the forum. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first let's catch up with our co-hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Conjure Man. Miss Cat? Hi, Reverend Art, the zangy, bangy, robo twang. Whoa, just, <laughs> that was exciting. Uh, the twangy, zangy, robo voice uh, did intrude at this time. Also, music intruded. Boy, what a day. Um, oh, my. Just to remind us, we're still under Mercury retrograde. Folks, those of us who have noticed the twangy, um, zangy, robo voice, uh, if you haven't noticed it, um, please post that you have. It seems to be difficult to replicate on command. We don't know what causes it, and we hope it will go away when we figure out what causes it. Anyway, here we are today. Uh, happy Mother's Day to all who celebrate, and uh, that includes me. I want to give a a big shout-out to Susan Barnes, who sent me the most beautiful combination birthday and Mother's Day gift assemblage I've had in years. Beautiful, beautiful flowers, all in white and pink and chocolate-covered strawberries, and you name it. It was a wonderful, wonderful gift. Thank you, Susan Barnes. She's a member of AIR, and if you want a reading or root work, she specializes in dowsing. And as kind as she is to me, she's just as kind to all her clients. So check her out, Susan Barnes. I also want to give a big thank you to uh, Ms. Robin otherwise known as Robin York, Robin Thornton, all of her various surname appellations. Ms. Robin also sent me fantastic birthday, Mother's Day gifts. And to the hundreds of people who wished me happy birthday and or happy Mother's Day on all social media platforms, thank you very, very much. You're all kind and, and sweet, and I love you all. And uh, that's about all the news that's going on here. I've been reshelving products at the Lucky Mojo Curio Company shop. We had a couple of shelves that were a little threadbare looking. Nobody bothered to go out to the barn and open up the big plastic Tupperware tubs filled with goodies, um, mostly amulets, charms, 
stones, crystals, things that store very nicely in Tupperware tubs. And um, I mentioned Tupperware because apparently Tupperware is going bankrupt, and now we can use other brands, I guess. Anyway, um, I am very happy to work in the shop. I only work in the shop about three, four days a week now, not the five days a week I used to work. But uh, you can catch me usually in the shop on Friday and Saturday. And so if you want to come out and meet me, I'll be there. Sundays, not so much because I'm always getting ready for the radio show. If you want to see me in the shop and talk to me, uh, give a call 24 hours in advance and tell whoever answers the phone to call me, and I will be there 24 hours later. But I can't guarantee that on any given day I'll come running down from my home office to meet people unless they are special, special, special friends from the past, in which case I usually will. But I welcome all kinds of folks who want to learn more about root work and hoodoo. I can talk your ear off, and I'm a a great conversationalist. So I want to hear about your life, your root work, your conjure, and I'll help you with anything you need to know. Other than me, there are other people in the shop who are also very good at at handling customer requests, and we make products for you right on the spot as you ask for them. And so don't be afraid. If you see something on the shelf where there's a bottle that has no cap on it, that's not a tester bottle to try to smell. That's a marker bottle to say we're out of that particular oil. And you can just uh, go up to the lab and say, you guys are out of Indian Spirit Guide oil, and I'd like to buy a bottle. And we'll make seven bottles of it and put them out on the shelf. And you don't even have to buy it if you don't like the way it smells, but we will make them for you. And a big shout-out to Heidi, to Max, and uh, to Shiloh, Leslie, and Colleen, who run the shop. And a a get well soon to Nikki, who is out with carpal tunnel uh, surgery, and we expect her back real soon now. We hope. We've been suffering without her. Oh, and Bailey. Bailey is also working part-time now. So that's who's at the shop, and any one of them can help you. All right, that's it for me. Um, We are getting ready for the Hoodoo Heritage Festival, and we'll give you some more information about that during the course of this show and later on. So, Reverend Art, what's going on in your life? Well, much like most of the rest of the AIR members that are presenting this year at the Hoodoo Heritage Festival, doing that last-minute push to get everything together, uh, finalizing goodie boxes to get that in the mail and sent off to Papa G., and pretty much preparing for a fantastic, fantastic festival. I mean, tickets have been on sale for a while. You know, they're starting to go, like, mad. So if you're planning on getting it, folks, this is the time. That is one of the wonderful things about doing a virtual festival. Uh, You can buy tickets right up to the very end. But if you want that goodie box that contains all of the spiritual supplies that you need to follow along with the teachers and make the uh, spells that are being described, you need to order pretty soon because those goodie boxes are going fast and it takes time to mail them to you. So just be aware, Hoodoo Heritage Festival is June 10th and 11th. Get your tickets now at hoodooheritagefestival.com and you'll get your goodie box in time for the festival. Now, 
we do send out the goodie boxes when people order. So some people say, well, I'll get it late. But you don't have the fun because you can't open up that box and you're looking at everything <laughs> that they're talking about. It's right there in the goodie box. These are big old boxes. This is no, we we don't cut no corners. This is the real deal. So um, get your tickets now. All right. Well, let's say uh, contraband. What I, is going on in I, your life? Hello, hello. Thank you, thank you. Uh, first of all, I join the chorus of, of fans and friends and loved ones that says, uh, happy birthday and happy Mother's Day to you, Miss Cat. Uh, I hope you're having a fantastic Sunday, a good birthday, and a good Mother's Day. And a happy Mother's Day to all the uh, mothers out there. A great opportunity to send some wonderful roses or some sweets. I'm a big fan of edible arrangements. Uh, as a gift. I don't know if you I, mean, I think I sent actually an edible arrangements once to Lucky Mojo too after a workshop. Um, <laughs> yeah, after one of the workshops. I'm a big fan of, of, of foods. Flowers are beautiful and wonderful, but some sweets always goes a long way. So edible <laughs> arrangements are, are flowers. I'm a big fan of. Otherwise, I have been uh, very, very busy uh, on my end. I'm very excited for the upcoming Hoodoo Heritage Festival. Uh, I know that this is going to be one for the books. You do not want to miss this. I'm excited about the books that are coming out as well. Um, what makes these workshops so cool is that they're, one, an opportunity to really build community, you know, an opportunity to hang out with like-minded people, particularly in the age that we're living in. You're, not, you're probably not going to find a root doctor down the street. <laughs> you're probably not going to find... Uh, a fellow conjure practitioner or root doctor near you sometimes. Maybe they're far away. Maybe you live in a rural area. Maybe you live in the suburbs and you're not really close to the city. Uh, but this is an opportunity to get together. It used to be in person and now they're, they're digital, which means that it can be truly international. But yeah, whatever time zone you're in, you can connect with people and it makes it incredibly accessible. In addition to the community building, it's like a fun festival. It's a carnival of magical delights, if I can use that term, because you get these goodie boxes with amazing material in them. Some things are handcrafted, things you get candles, you get herb mixtures, you get all sorts of, you get talismans, you get all sorts of cool goodies. But my favorite goodies are the books. You get this, these, in addition to being a festival, they also highlight or they signal the release of amazing texts, whether on divination or on types of magic. And they're released yearly, or at least so far they have been yearly, and they always are groundbreaking work. Either they're the recovery of, of texts that we haven't seen in ages, or they're things that are really filling in a, a big gap. For example, your book on astrology for root workers is, is going to be huge, or at least I hope it'll be huge, because it fills in a gap that you and I have talked about a lot of root doctors who want to get into astrology but don't know how, and astrologers who want to get into root doctoring but don't know how. There's a sort of uh, miscommunication between these two communities when, in fact, the history is that root doctors were astrologers at one point. Uh, and so this is a, such a, an amazing offering. I'm very much looking forward to it. So I'm in my uh, 
hyped up, excited phase for the next few weeks until the Hoodoo Heritage Festival. Well, you're going to find some stuff in here, Contraman, that uh, will be known to you, and there's also going to be some stuff that is unknown. Um, oh, in doing my, my research for that book, I I actually have worked on it for more than 15 years, and although it's all boiled down into a 96-page book, yeah. um, it, it opens doors toward uh, a lifelong learning. All right. Thank you for the kind words, uh, my fellow astrologer. So today we have with us uh, the wonderful air root worker, Nikki Jean. So welcome to the show, Nikki Jean. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. All right. Now, I just caught um, your appearance on Reverend Art's um, Mystics, Mages, and Magical Places, where you were talking about ancestor veneration. Um, that was a wonderful show. You're very knowledgeable in a lot of different areas. Why don't you uh, just tell us briefly who you are, what you do, and what you're doing right now. So, my name is Miss Nikki Jean. Um, I am a hoodoo root worker. I am from Chicago, but I currently live in Nashville. And I, most of my work and uh, my readings are cleansing ancestor work. I speak with the dead. I like working with spirits. Um, right now, I'm also getting ready for the Hoodoo Heritage Festival uh, for the panel that I'm on. So that's been consuming a lot of my time. Um, and I'm also getting initiated into Santeria around the same, the same time period. So I'm kind of booked and busy uh, for the next, like, six weeks. <laughs> wow. Well, tell us about the panel that you're going to be on. Yes. Yeah, so I'm going to be on the love panel, which I'm very excited about, I love, love magic, and we're going to be talking a little bit of how to do some love magic uh, today. And I am doing seduction magic. So this is when you're freshly onto the dating world, um, you know, you're ready to start, you don't want to be single anymore, uh, how do we get love? How do we get this attention? How can we attract our true love, if that's what you're looking for? Or if you're just trying to find a, a booty call, um, how we can get uh, that kind of attention, um, which I really like. I think that a lot of people go over that. They're just looking for the true love. But sometimes people just want to have fun, you know, just go out, get that attention, feel good about themselves, and not really get into a serious relationship. So my spell's going to incorporate both, where if you wanted to take it a little bit further, go ahead, or if you just need a, a companion, a partner for a night or a week, I'll get you there. All right. Well, people are are um, very interested in seduction magic at all times, yes. and I know that you have a lot to add to that topic. The love panel is going to be discussing all forms of love magic, including marital magic and uncrossing from a love jinx and finding new love. It's going to be a very wide-ranging panel with a lot of members on it, and I think people are going to really love that one. It's a, a good a good topic. All right. Oh, and I believe, Contraman, you're going to be part of that panel too, right? I am, yeah. I love uncrossing. <laughs> See? So there you go, folks. We have part of the panel right here. But today, our topic is Hoodoo and Root Work and Conjure with Bodily Fluids. Now, those of you who are listening, I'm just going to briefly mention that we've talked about this before. But if you follow us at the Lucky Mojo Forum, there is a thread for shows by year, and you can find this show by date in that 2023 subforum. 
and you will find the chat log. And for those who listen to the show live or in archive and don't chat log, you're missing something because what's in the chat log are all of the clickable URLs that will lead you to all of the other things that we're referring to, sort of like little little feelers that go out into parts of the world. So we've done some forum threads on personal concerns, and they are posted here, um, two of them. One of them is cast, spell casting with no personal concerns and name not known, and the other one is personal concerns, hair, photo, names, questions, and answers. There's also the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour. We did personal concerns with Miss Aida, and there's a chat log for that. And there's also, he's just coming up with, uh, we did the Now You Know show, number 80, was called Sex Magic, New Recipes and Personal Concerns. I believe there was a show with me on down-home sex magic. There must have been because I wrote the book. And that probably also has its own thread. And although not all sex magic is done with personal concerns, personal concerns and bodily fluids particularly are part of sex magic, so they're kind of um, held within that overview. All right, so now we've got all of the links out there for people who want to um, know. Oh, and there's another one just got posted, Body Fluids in Theory and Practice. That was written by me at Lucky Mojo, and it's just an article I wrote on body fluids and who. Um, and then Women's Work by Oral DeForest. This was a book we published a while back, and Women's Work is about spells for women to do. And since women are great producers of bodily fluids, um, there uh, was quite a lot about that in that book, and including, you know, best ways to collect and preserve menstrual blood and things like that. She was very thorough in discussing it and giving spells for it. She also did a um, another book on uh, spiritual baths, which is a pretty good book, too. If you like Aura, those two books are really, really good. And Down Home Sex Magic has its own thread at the forum, and there's the link to that. And that's it. I think we've got all the links. Is that true? (laughs) Okay, so all you chat folks now have everything in front of you that you can go to. Meanwhile, we're going to start talking here. And what we're going to talk about is bodily fluids. Now, I'm going to say that when we were looking for a picture to advertise this show, if you look at the picture that we used for our first placard, it's some tomato sauce in a spoon and a cup. (laughs) Why? Because when I looked for pictures of body fluids or bodily fluids um, using an image search at Google, I just got all of these medical things about interstitial fluid. You know what I mean? Uh, it, It wasn't appropriate stuff. I found out, you know, that that you can use microscopes to distinguish tears from urine and, you know, menstrual blood from um, vascular blood. And I mean, but none of them, there were no illos really about it because it's a pretty taboo subject. I also tried an experiment where I went to chat GPT and you can ask for questions, you know, and uh, ask for it to, to write for you. It's an artificial language. Uh, intelligence, and it supposedly will write for you. And so I went to ChatGPT this morning preparing for this show, and I said, please write me a hoodoo, root work, or conjure spell that makes use of menstrual blood. And it gave me this reply saying, I cannot do that. Menstrual blood is a sensitive topic and may be offensive to some, and I will not write 
or copy from the internet a spell on that subject. So that means that even as we enter the new golden age of artificial intelligence, it takes people to talk about spells of bodily fluid. And that's why Nikki Jean is here. So take it away, Nikki Jean, and lead us into the topic. So before we get started with body fluids, I just want to put a slight PSA because dealing with them, you are dealing with potentially biological hazards. So you have to be very careful with dealing with them and disposing of them. So it's making sure everything is sterilized, depending on how you're going to use it. Um, and I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but if some of these uh, fluids can be ingested, but if you do it with, towards someone without their consent and say you have the sick, you could be potentially committing crime. So just be, be very careful. And I do take bodily fluids very serious because it is uh, coming straight from your body and it could harm somebody else unintentionally, even not magically. Um, and we don't want that to happen. So the types of bodily fluids, uh, I think mo most popular, especially when I, I'm at work, I get questions about blood magic and what, how can you put it in your cells? Like how, you know, people have like a really bad misconception that it's dark magic or it's summoning the devil uh, and how could it be used for something positive but blood is you know it's life that is how we are living it is how we can uh, as humans uh, are able to be like strong so using blood in your magic to me amplifies yourself um, it gives you energy to spells um, obviously it can be used for a lot of spells but it's a very to me I like anoint stuff with it um, it's it's very powerful um, the next one is urine and feces, uh, which can be used for cleansing, urine protection. Uh, feces is more for baneful work. Another type of bodily fluids would be sexual fluids, meaning semen or the female ejaculation. Uh, spit is one, sweat. And then as I was doing research for the show, I, I came across breast, breast milk, which I felt was really interesting. I've never saw that before, and um, I would like to go over that some more. And in tears, which have an emotional effect to, to um, your magic. And if you want to make somebody feel really sad because you were sad, you would, you know, take some of your tears and anoint a candle with that, um, which I, I think is – I've never seen that before. Um, so for blood. And when we were talking about collecting blood and doing blood work, um, please, again, use sterilized ways to get them. Um, a lot of times people, especially if you have, like, diabetes or whatever, they just, like, pick their, uh, their, pick their top of their finger to anoint an object with it. That's the easiest way for females. Uh, even though menstrual blood technically isn't all blood, you, I think that's just the easiest access. Every 28 days you are menstruating. Um, and collecting that. There's various different ways of women collecting. I've seen a lot, actually. I've heard that people, you know, take uh, save their tampon and freeze it and then crush it up. Uh, nowadays, women use, uh, they're called diva cups, and they'll pour it into a cup and then freeze that or pour it directly into their, you know, their spell work, which I thought was cool. Even a pad. Uh, but when, again, when you're using menstrual blood, uh, you want to do this, like, immediately. You don't want to, like, I, I don't think saving it for, like, three months is, is effective. You should just wait, you know, um, for just so, like, your energy is different uh, now than it was three months ago, possibly. Um, when you want to, if you, so as a man, if you don't have, you know, 
uh, have a menstruation, if you don't want to prick your finger, a lot of times people, if they cut themselves, they'll accidentally put a, take their Band-Aid and save that. Um, it, it's, or they take a sterilized needle. Again, this is somebody who, if you have uh, access to these kind of things, save it or put it directly into their spell work. Um, when you're doing personal concerns, such as like your urine or when you're going to the bathroom, I'll say, uh, to me, your urine should be the freshest. So usually that's like the first uh, tea of the, the day. I also recommend you shouldn't be drinking, smoking the night before. You know, if you drink all night and then you want to do some spell work, I would not want to use my my urine with that magic. It's going to be cloudy. You know, alcohol just um, decreases your, the potency of the urine. Um, and you want to make sure that it's in a safe vessel. It's closed for – and immediately, like, within 12 hours, I would say, make sure you're using it. Don't put it in the fridge. Actually, somebody, like, drinks it. <laughs> um, sexual fluids are a little bit different. So some people, like, if you use condoms, you know, you would save the semen from the condom for – or men, if they – masturbate uh you know they could collect it on a towel and save it for females again if females during their masturbation they want to wipe and save that towel for afterwards also a lot of times people um couples will do like sex magic together so that collected orgasm that they both release if that can happen if you're that in tune it's very powerful manifestation work it's very powerful uh work if you want to grow a house or destroy your love or get a child um you would collect that towel, save it, and immediately put it onto your, um, your spell work. Um, spit is a little bit easy. To me, you just spin through a cup. Uh, also, spit is something I typically personally use for, like, removing negative energies, removing uh, – I just spit on the floor. I don't even save it. I just my, – my intention is in the mouth. I, like, don't like this person, and I spit it out. Um, you don't want someone else. I mean, I guess if you could collect someone else's spit, that would be pretty impressive. Um, um, and sweat. So collecting clothes that have been worn by the person, if you're trying to do love work and stuff like that. Um, but again, it has to be kind of that day of. I'd say using body fluids in your magic is time uh, sensitive. It's not something that you can really wait on, but you also do need to be kind of prepared to like collect these things. Um, I wouldn't think that, like, oh, I should do this spell and I'm going to take a pee and I'll do it. Like, it's something you're kind of mentally preparing for. So, so why do we do this? Well, so Nikki Jean, we, we have some questions uh -huh. in the chat, yeah. so I'm going to try to get to them um, one at a time. Chaotic Angel asks, so what about some men who do not ejaculate due to medications? So I think what she's asking is, um, if they do not ejaculate and you can't use their semen, what would you use um, as a substitute? And I think this question also applies to women who either due to age or surgery do not have periods. Um, so for men, and correct me if I'm wrong, I am not a doctor. So they do have, uh, and this means like not ejaculate, but they do have pre-cum, Correct. Well, some do and some don't. I'll tell you, I've met also, men. Also, someone I mean, that doesn't I, have I, any. I've actually liquid. met men who ejaculate normally but have no pre-cum at all. Just saying. I mean, everyone's different. Yeah. I'm not going to – I haven't – okay. So if a man doesn't have any pre-cum, then I, that's – you can't – you know, that's 
we'll have to shift to another way if you wanted to use a semen. Um, you could still use someone, you know, you could rub the essence of his penis, I guess. Um, but I'm actually, I just learned that. I didn't know men don't have pre-cum if they can't ejaculate. So this is kind well, of I'm gonna, to me. I'll, I'll give, may I give a suggestion? Um, yeah, absolutely. If, if a man cannot come due to medications and also is a man who doesn't have much or any pre-cum, they usually will use some form of lubrication. And that lubrication will be in contact with the penis and will pick up skin cells. And so I would say that that would be charged, in other words, if they used, whether it was a lotion or an oil, that would be charged with their essence. So I would use that um, in in lieu of um, cum or pre-cum. With the woman who doesn't uh, menstruate, uh, she usually will have vaginal fluids upon stimulation. There are people who, by reasons of surgery, and this can be um, both gender-affirming and gender-destroying surgery for various reasons, who may not have bodily fluids but will still have sexual sensations. And again, they might use a lubricant or something of that nature, and that would be used um, because the skin cells would be in contact with it. That would be my advice. I don't know how that suits you, Nikki Jean, but that's what I would recommend. No, I, that is great advice. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and also, what is the intent of their magic? Are they trying to make the person, you know, passionate, like more sexual, or they just want to increase the love? Um, because I, I do think that there might be, a, again, other ways to kind of shift from that. But, yeah, I do. I, I love that idea with the lubrication. Um, All right. We had another question here from Phyllis Margaret Gabor. Would breast milk be good for fertility spells or anything mother-related? I'd like to answer that one just briefly. It is not for fertility. In fact, when a woman is nursing, she is essentially infertile, which is why people who have their babies too close together, it's because they bottle-fed the babies. Uh, nursing suppresses menstruation and therefore fertility, and it's a natural form of birth control that lasts as long as you nurse the baby, usually two to two and a half years. But breast milk has other reasons for being used. For instance, if you were um, wanting to have somebody think of you as a child, adoptive child or something, and you were nursing a child of your own, you might use a little of that breast milk. There is a whole movement, as strange as it is, sounds, uh, to use breast milk in cookery. There is breast milk cheese, which is called lady cheese, and you can make cheese out of human breast milk. Just, I, I know some people right now are going, what did she just say? But it does <laughs> exist, and it, it can be purchased. So... Um, after all, we are simply mammals. So making breast milk cheese and feeding it to your own family, and you can make it into cottage cheese. You don't have to make some sort of aged Gouda. You know, it could be just cottage cheese. Or adding it to milk that you used to make yogurt um, or any, um, you know, fermented milk product. Uh, and then feeding it to a blended family. For instance, uh, you know, you have a husband who came with three children and they were not so respectful to you and you want them to be part more part of the family. Um, there is nothing to say you cannot put some of your breast milk into uh, milk or cheese products to increase family uh, domesticity. So keep those questions coming, folks, because these are good questions. Yeah, I love that. I was also going to say mm. breast milk is also really nurturing. 
you know, it is feeding the child. So if you are someone that has an illness or you need more help back into your life, saving some of that and putting that on a candle for somebody or yeah, Zico candle or a poppet for somebody could help nourish them. Um, as it, you know, it literally feeds or someone that's dealing with an eating disorder and they need to be fed. It, it's also really comforting too. So if someone just needs like a mother's love being a mother's day. I, I find it to be like comforting and nurturing as well. It's calming mm-hmm. kind of magic. Yeah. Um, there's some comments here. Um, Aya Asha Aya 13, who oh, I name I can never say because it has too many vowels and too many consonants. <laughs> I hope I'm pronouncing it right. Aya Ashashaya 13, I don't know, uh, says breast milk is said to be good for terminally ill patients, especially cancer patients. It is now sold. That is oh. true, and that has a long history. And um, you need uh, read no farther back in literature than The Grapes of Wrath by John Steinbeck. And there's a long description of mother's milk being fed to a cancer patient uh, who was dying. That's really interesting. Yeah. Um, so I stopped all conversation by mentioning that. Yes, the dust bowl. Okay. Well, let's move on. Let's move on to more intentional spells because we're talking about mm-hmm. sort of the, the fringes here of um, biological medical magic. Um, as you mentioned before, each of these different um, bodily fluids has a different area in which it holds sway. I'm just going to mention tears very briefly. The first spell I learned that involved tears, and I've mentioned it on this show before, but there are always new listeners, was taught to me by a man who ran a conjure shop in the East Bay in Oakland, California. And he was part Cherokee and part African-American. And he was a member of a spiritualist church that venerated Black Hawk. And he taught me how to make a Black Hawk bucket, which is a bucket of dirt that has a uh, head or full statue of a Native American in it. And he said that you should um, get the graveyard dirt of your own ancestors and put them in the bucket and put in Black Hawk and the dirt would be used for protection and it was very powerful magical dirt. And so I asked him, being the child of a Jewish Holocaust survivor, what if I can't get to the graves of my people and I don't even know where they're buried? Some of them just got cremated at Auschwitz, right? And he said, oh, you can go to a cemetery and take any cemetery dirt within the cemetery, but not from any one person's grave, and put it in a bucket, and then put a a little statue or head of a Native American, a black hawk is what he called it, in it. And then he said you would cry into it. And you have to think of all of the ancestors who were lost and whose names you do not know and may never know. And you would put your tears into the bucket. You'd water it with your tears. And he said after that you could mix just a little water with your tears or just water it. And he said if you've tended to it faithfully for one year, and uh, always kept it just watered, not make it mud. He said, just keep it moist. That then Blackhawk spirit and the spirit of your ancestors would come into that bucket, and it would be an ancestor bucket. Wow, yeah. that's incredible. <laughs> yeah, I've done it too, and it uh, certainly worked for me. Um, it's a it's an old spiritualist church, the spiritual church movement uh, technique. Mm, that's fantastic. 
Well, Ollie, you've been silent. Um, how about you tell us one of your favorites with bodily fluids? I'm going to uh, move away from tears and talk about blood real quickly because the intentional use of blood is actually quite powerful. There's a very old working for getting someone to contact you. Uh, it was traditionally used to get them to send a letter, but it can be used to get them to, to call you as well. What you do is you uh, write their name on a piece of paper. You can do it three times. And then around it, you write your name. So this is a very typical uh, petition paper that's found in Conjure and Hoodoo. You write your name in a sort of unbroken circle around it. And what you do is you take a pen, you prick your finger, and it's supposed to be your forefinger, your index finger. You prick it as you focus on this person reaching out to you. And then you reach and you take the, the little drop of blood that, that develops on your, the tip of your finger and you touch it to their name. And you do so with prayer. And when you do this, this person will feel a spiritual connection to you, and then they will reach out to you. So long as you keep that petition paper, it will draw them to you. I've, uh, I've told clients to actually fold the petition paper so you've got their name, your name written around in an unbroken circle. You prick your finger while you focus. You reach out, and you touch the, the drop of blood right on on there and then you fold this up if you place it near your phone I actually told clients to literally put it in their phone case they will call you and they generally very quickly within like three days sometimes five days they will reach out to you either via text message or via call that's a really old one and i've used one too and can yeah. say that it has worked for me the one thing i was taught about that was you can try it three times and if it doesn't work it's not going to work don't keep on pricking your finger mm, yeah <laughs> so, seven, seven days of pricking your finger yeah but it does work um if it is going to work it will work usually the first right off but it will work within yeah, three bad. times now that doesn't mean three times in one day that means on three different days that you would do that um to raise contact from some someone distant. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, uh, Nikki Jean, do you have another one for us? Yeah, We're so gonna... along those lines, actually, uh, oh, sorry. Um, along those lines uh, about reaching out, I use blood to contact my ancestors. A lot of people, um, if they haven't done the family trees or they're unaware of their, of their ancestors or, you know, just due to, moving, immigrating, um, or just lack of documents, but you want to work with them, I prick my finger and I place the blood on a piece of paper in between the, the picture frame and the glass. And I put that picture frame on my ancestor altar. So it's calling my ancestors from my bloodline to come and work with me. And that it helps because sometimes you just don't have the history um, and that allows you to kind of work with your ancestors and allow starting getting the access. And it's only those spirits, those ancestors of, you know, your mom's side and your dad's side. Um, and it, I found that to be very helpful. It helps a lot of people who have been adopted or who, you know, they have lost connections to the family, but they just can't get access to them and you want to work with your ancestors. Um, it's a very powerful way to make sure that you're getting direct lineage, blood lineage from your ancestors. Um, which I, I love. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a very um, a, a good variant. In other words, the ancestor distant in time is equivalent to the friend distant in space, and they both right. use um, blood to call that person. 
Now, I'm going to say something about the use of the pricked finger blood spell that uh, Contraman mentioned. Um, if any of you ever did one of those little childhood spells where you cut your finger and your friend cuts their finger and you put the two fingers together and hold them so that the blood mingles and you say, now we're blood sisters or now we're blood brothers. I'm sure some of you have done this. Can I get a witness? Anyone say amen? I've Absolutely. done that. I've done Absolutely. that. Uh, yeah. Amen. <laughs> the, the, in my experience, that pricked finger blood spell works best to contact those people with whom you've already shared blood in one way or another. Blood calls to blood. If you have done a, a sexual fluid spell on them, the pricked finger blood spell will work. But so will, excuse my language, sticking your finger up your pussy and getting some menstrual blood and putting it on a piece of paper. If you have ever had sexual contact with them, that menstrual blood or vaginal fluids or what you got will call to them. So you need not do something scary like prick your finger with a needle or one of those lancets and you can use natural blood. So those are different ways of working. Another one I'm going to mention is spit. Just briefly, you can use spit to make um, mud or a mud doll or clay mm -hmm. tablet. Mm -hmm. And Again, you could either use um, graveyard dirt from an ancestor. You could use dirt from around the house of where someone used to live, but now they're gone. They've moved to St. Louis, and um, and you get some dirt from that yard. And you moisten it with your spit. You can make a little doll. Now, these dolls can be made in the form of a flat-ish gingerbread man-type doll. Let it harden. And before it hardens, you can put into it things that you want. You could put in needles or pins. You could put in feathers. Putting feathers into it is a very old way of working. It's found among African Americans and may have come into black tradition from Native American tradition where there's a long history of working with feathers. Hmm. But it may be indigenously African. I'm not really sure. But um, I've the people I've encountered among have all been black Americans of one mingled ethnicity or another. And so now you've made this little doll and you've stuck these feathers into it and then it dries. And that doll is now your um, doll to represent that person. And that's mm. done by putting your spit into it. So that's an idea. How about you, Nikki um, Jean? Let's throw it back over to you um, again. So I well, spit. I which I actually I love using spit. Um, to me, it's good for not just like removing negative energies, but for cutting and clearing. Um, so if you want to um, say you have a bad breakup, you just can't get over that person. You write their name on a piece of paper, and I before I even like conjure up the spit, I'll say their name, and so that energy goes into the spit and then onto the paper crumple it up. I toss, I use a, a river a lot, so I'm tossing water, light it on fire, and it's helping you cut those bonds because a lot of times people have a hard time removing their emotional bonds to break up. They know the person's not good for them, but they just can't get them out of their body, so fitting their name out helps remove that energy. Okay, we have another question here. This is, again, from Aya Asha, Aya 13. Kat, if you've done a cut and clear, I do believe none of these can work on you. Is that correct? 
Well, yes and no. It depends on what you mean by a cut and clear. A cut and clear is not the same as banishing or hot-footing or condemning someone to hell and maybe mm. rot forever and far, far away from you at that. A cut and clear is usually to remove them from your life because of their undesirable characteristics, but to call into your life another person to be close to you who has desirable characteristics, and maybe even including some of the desirable characteristics that the cut and cleared person had. So if I were to do a spell, and I had cut and cleared, we're just going to call him Mr. X from my life, and I did a, a, a contact me spell, I would not be trying to contact Mr. X, but I would might be trying to draw in some other person. What often happens is Mr. X shows up in addition to the person I'm trying to contact. And one reason for that is he does have some of the desirable characteristics I'm referring to. Mm-hmm. If I cut and cleared Mr. X from my life and he contact me, contact me, contact me, that would not keep me from being aware of it. Mm-hmm. I might dream of him. I might feel yep. the urge. It would be on me then to remain um with a border to keep that yes. person away. But yeah. I might be tempted because they're really reaching out and trying something, maybe sincere, maybe insincere for reasons we don't know. But I've had that happen where I've cut and cleared someone and suddenly I have a dream and I'm supposed to call them and stuff. And I have to make my own choice. After all, my yeah. own will is at, at, at play here and say, go back to whence you came. I'm not calling you. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really well said, Kat. I think that the choice there is so crucial. I think people forget also, like, cut and clear is, is to help you remove your emotional connection. It's not like a protection spell. <laughs> it doesn't suddenly make you immune to other people doing love magic on you or, or domination <laughs> magic on you. But it does certainly, uh, that free will and the free choice component there is really crucial. You decide what your fate is in that um, in, in speaking in regards to that, uh, there's a really old-timey uh, love spell that does join two people together. I always tell clients, don't do this unless you're sure this is the person you want to stick around with. Because it's not a guarantee that they'll marry you. It's a guarantee that you two are bound together for better or worse. So if this person is like a pain in the ass and you bind yourself to them, that's a pain in the ass that you two are bound together. But if this is the person you want to be with with the rest of your life, this is a really old-timey working in which you take a towel, you have sex with this person, and then you take this small towel and you wash yourselves with it or you, you clean, clean away the joint sexual fluids. Once you've gotten that, on a Friday, as dawn rises, so this is uh, when the sun is rising, which also just happens to be Friday when the sun is rising, will also be uh, Venus's hour, so it works perfectly in that regard. You take the towel and you tie it into a knot and you bury it in your backyard. So long as it remains buried there, you two will be bound together. It's said to keep that person faithful and keep them coming back to you and staying with you. Now, I was told in uh, a a, a derivation of this or a variation of this, if you want to dominate that person, you, know, you bind them together, but you always want to have the upper hand, what you do is you, again, you, you have sex with this person, you take the towel, and then you wash away the joint sexual fluids, you clean away the joint sexual fluids. On that Friday, you're on dawn, you may make the knot, but then you spit on 
from the knot with your prayer that this person will always be under your thumb, always bound to, and then you bury it. And so there's sort of two ways of working. One is a sort of love binding, and the other is a love binding with just a hint of domination. That's an interesting variation. And spit carries with it the power of the command of speech. Yes. And um, I would definitely speak and and do that. That's a, a very powerful way to dominate someone as well as be tied to them. Yeah. Um, the, one, the one caveat I have there is be mindful. I have seen this kind of work a little be a little funky if the person has an aversion to spit, which they shouldn't if they're making out with you, right? They they are especially right. deeply in love with you. They drink your spit, right? They have no right. issue with it. But there are some people that have like some uh, you know aversions to stuff like that, and so you want to be a little bit bi- because it is a bit more forceful. There are some times where some some people will buck from that domination, like they don't like being dominated that way. So just be mindful who you're doing this on. Right. And what your and what your you know real goal is, if you want a love in exactly. which you dominate somebody, um, you might want to just step back from that thought for a moment yes. and say, Hmm, would it be easier just to find someone who's on an even footing with me and we can just be pals? <laughs> you know? I mean but some people it's the it's the old, you know, what they call sunk money or lost investment thing where you you got involved it was really great it starts getting worse and worse and worse and you're going to fight to the death to keep it even after it has become valueless so i just is my recommendation as a long-time root worker not saying you can't drag someone back but domination may not be the best thing on the other hand there are times when it would be absolutely positive to do that. For instance, just as an example, someone had casual sex with you, they hired you to work in their company, and uh, now you want a promotion, and you don't really much care so much about the sexual aspect or the love aspect, but you want to dominate them and get that promotion. That would be totally legit, and I'd stand behind it 100%. Oh, wow. Uh, All right, Nikki Jean, your turn. Take one. Well, so for me, because um, we haven't really talked about sex magic and using the um, uh, sexual concerns. So for women who want a man to be obsessed with her, um, which I find out a lot, they just want them thinking about them. They can't stop, you know, sexually attracted to them. They're almost like addicted to them. Uh, a woman would take her vaginal fluids or your menstrual blood and get a figural candle of the man, carve his name on it, and wipe it all over him. So he's literally smelling, it's very animalistic, really like primordial. The scent of you is going into him. Um, and he will not stop thinking about you. Um, Cause it's just, you, you're activating this um, instinctual mm. um, side of him. I also say when you are around that person, you wipe your, your vagina and put it um, behind your ears. So that smell is kind of being carried around throughout the day. So when he sees you, it's like activating this, oh, I need her, I want to be with her, I'm obsessed with her um, idea. Mm. You also have to be careful what you ask for because you might, you might find them be really annoying and then you can't get rid of them, especially <laughs> if you use mental blood. I do feel like blood does bind it a little bit stronger. Um, but to make someone crazy about you um, rubbing your sexual fluids on a candle with them, it just activates some primordial essence about humans. Mm-hmm. They just cannot stop thinking about you. Yeah, and yeah. 
Yeah, that, that's a really good one. But I think your advice there about be careful who you want to be obsessed with is a good yeah. one. But just like the binding one, you always got to ask yourself, do you really want it? Like sometimes we do things out of ego, right? Like we just want to be desired or obsessed over. Or that person that we're like fighting and fussing with, well, I'm going to bind that person. You got to ask yourself, do you really want that? Is that like, the, is this a happy resolution for you? And if the answer is no, then don't do it. But there's a, the, there's, I love the scandal version of this because it is uh, a little bit more updated from the old-timey one, which is that you were supposed to very lightly wipe it on the person's hat, right? Because people used to wear mm. hats a lot, and they still do. You don't want to soak the thing where they're like, why does my hat smell funky? Or why, is this my, why am I constantly smelling sex everywhere I go? But just a small dab on their hat. People still wear hats, uh, baseball caps, all sorts of hats. And it's just supposed to be, and the idea is that because it's on their head, you will always be on their mind. But if you can't get mm. access to the hat, if you can't get access to their hat or you can't do that, this candle working is such a fantastic way of doing that. It's a long-distance version of it. And then once you get them and they're living with you or you've got access to their hat, what a great way to then follow it up by then adding a little bit onto the hat. So you, now you re, you've reinforced a really cool working that we were just taught with the candle by then doing a little bit of contact magic and making that person quite literally always have you on their mind. I just have to add that as hats have decreased in popularity, hoodies have increased. Yes. And, and you, oh. can, you know, think about the inside of the hoodie is also a head covering. Yes. I yes. I want to get to sweat. So sweat represents strength, and um, it is used traditionally for works where you want to have power. Yes. Now, you, for instance, might wear your mojo on a string under your left armpit. And usually the left armpit is said to be the more powerful. And this is uh, because it connects to the left arm, which has that uh, goes to the heart and the vein from the ring finger, the wedding ring finger goes down that arm and goes to the left. So the left side is considered more powerful <laughs> Excuse me, because the heart is on the left side. And so wearing a jack ball under your um, uh, left, in your left armpit or, However you wish to do that is very, very important. If you can get access to someone's shirt that they've worn and you want to cut it up to make a doll baby, um, definitely try to get some of the sweaty area from their armpits. But also you can use sweat, your own sweat, to mark things. If you don't use um, those dehydrating deodorants, and some people do, and this will not be valuable to them, just in the same way that some people don't menstruate, and what we said about menstruation won't work for them. But if you do not use dehydrating deodorants, you can reach in under your armpit and get some of your sweat and use it to mark the place where someone will be working, sitting, even the, the um the food that they might power. Now, that does yeah. not necessarily mean domination power. It can mean to mm -hmm. show what a good worker you are. You want to get a job or something of that nature, or you want to be given more contract work. Your sweat um, is your power. And mm -hmm. uh, men um, find this very practical to use in the way that women use vaginal fluids to attract a man through smell in a primordial way. Men use armpit sweat, and I think the reason is that women are shorter than men, generally speaking, and will be more likely to nuzzle into that armpit, and that identifies that man as their lover. Everyone has a unique smell. And so for men, they can take armpit sweat and put it on the clothing of the women that they wish to attract. Um, 
And it can also be used, if you get a bit of it on your fingers, you can dip it into some, or rub some John the Conqueror oil on your fingers and then use that oil that has your sweat on it because John the mm. Conqueror goes along with that kind of an idea of personal male yeah. power. We also make right. an oil called power oil that's used that way. That's fantastic. Yeah, I was told that sweat in particular is so good in any type of service setting. If you want to dominate to get better tips, sweat is like it was the go-to. You got to be careful, obviously. You know, you know, if you get caught putting sweat in people's food and drinks, <laughs> there, there goes your there goes your job. But you can do it pretty carefully. I taught clients that one of the things that they can do is they sort of very carefully rub their fingernail under their armpit. Make sure it's not an armpit that's like covered in deodorant. You don't want to soak deodorant into their mm-hmm. food or their water. Well, um, one of the things that um, has been noticed in the past is that um, pork and human flesh somewhat taste the same. And I have found that sweat goes very well with barbecue sauce. Yeah, well, what I was what I was going to say is you dip your you sort of rub your fingernail under your armpit and then you slightly dip it in their drink and that was said to increase your tips. It's a way of getting better tips, particularly if it's a bad tipper. There's a symbolic way of doing this if you're afraid of actually rubbing your armpit and dipping your finger in and you feel it's unhygienic. You're supposed to take the cup, whatever they're drinking, and you pass it under your arm. You pass it under yes. your arm, and that's a way of saying that now I've dominated this person. I've symbolically put some droplets of sweat into their drink. They will now give me a better tip. That's good. And that goes to the remote um, bodily fluid of passing a drink between your legs um, yeah. to get a sexual attraction going, in which you're actually not adding the sexual fluid, just the, the little wafting aroma of it, and mm-hmm. uh, possibly if it's a sealed bottle or a glass of you know of water or a, a soda or something it you're touching the the metal or glass or plastic the hair on the coke says nagashiva remembering back to clarence thomas and anita hill we will never forget the hair on the coke if you don't know what we're talking about look it up <laughs> um yeah supreme court uh, justice um Clarence Thomas accused Anita Hill of serving him a Coke with her pubic hair on it, meaning that he oh, was that he was saying that she had tried that trick on him. And this is an interesting um, code switching because, of course, the white audience um, at those confirmation hearings for Clarence Thomas had no idea, but the black audience knew exactly what was going <laughs> Interesting, interesting, but true. All right, well. Our music is coming on, so here we are, and we're going to turn this on over to Reverend Art, who will bring in our client. Support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company of Forestville, California, located online at luckymojo.com, and by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org. And by Hoodoo Psychics, the first psychic line run entirely by Hoodoo practitioners. Receive a reading with a trusted root worker instantly. Call 1-888-4-HOODOO or visit hoodoopsychics.com. And by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches, located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. 
Now it's time to go to the phones and talk to today's client. Our caller is Patricia calling from area code 216. Patricia, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Fantastic. And Patricia, you've indicated you have not had a reading on this situation. Is that correct? Uh, I had one two over two years ago, but a different uh, subject. Okay. So Patricia writes, I live in Cleveland, Ohio, this time for, for 12 years. I've experienced daily constant excessive bullying, scapegoating, being persecuted, blamed for things I have not done. Psychic, verbal, spiritual, negative attacks from people. For example, I've been watched and harassed by library workers when I use the PC in public libraries. Caught them in the act, watching me through the bookshelves and walking past me, looking over at me. I've put in a complaint with the library manager and a supervisor. I'm angry and fed up. This has happened all my life in different cities and states. What do you suggest I do? Turning it over to you, Ms. Kat. All right. So, um, Patricia, can I ask, what is your sign of the Zodiac? Cancer. Cancer. Well, I'm going to say one thing about cancers. They are the most sensitive sign of the zodiac. And just as every sign has a strength, and psychic sensitivity is the cancerian's great strength, as is caring for others and being a good mother, a good nurse, and a good supportive friend, they have a weakness, and their weakness is for being bullied. And I think that um, those among us who are Cancerians can testify to this, that they are uh, somehow set up by others to be the victims of bullying. Now, I'm going to turn this over to Contraband to do the first reading, and then Nikki Jean will do a reading, and I'll come back and give you some root work advice. So, Contraband, take it away. Thanks, Ms. Kat. Uh, just a couple questions, uh, Patricia. You said this has been going on all your life, uh, or yeah. where you've gone. Is there a time where you realize that it was started, or uh, has it been happening since you were a child? Uh, well, I've been scapegoated too, and so that's mixed in there. I do remember probably the first time as a child uh, when this all began to happen, my mother. <sighs> we were living in a house, uh, well, portion of the house upstairs. Uh, the owners, you know, lived down there, uh, under it. Uh, long story short, my mother had a habit of spanking me uh, because adults told her I've done something wrong instead of mm. asking me. Okay. Uh, and that's my okay. first Okay. So it's been going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's been going on. How old are you roughly right now? I'm 64. 64. Okay. So the reason I I ask about this is if it's a false condition, a curse, or something of this uh, time period where it starts, and even if it's something that's not a direct curse, but it may be astrological, there's usually a time period. You can say, like, oh, this started when I was 18, or this started when I was 19. The fact that it started when you were a child indicates something something broader, and this cat has, has touched on this gently. Uh, the idea that certain people can be vulnerable to spiritual attack, that certain people can be vulnerable to disturbance is real, but also that we need to be mindful of things like uh, how our own psychology plays a, a role. And the reason I say this is that 
any sort of ideation of persecution, particularly one that starts can be triggered from childhood trauma and that can continue throughout life, it makes you hyper aware, it makes you very sensitive. That's not to say that the bullying doesn't happen. But what, what every everyday life someone sort of goes through it and you know, they get some sort of scapegoating or bullying thrown their way and it sort of brushes off. But for someone who has a, a level of sensitivity to that or who is vulnerable to that, it lingers, right? And so there can be a combination of spiritual factors, but also mental health and psychological health will play a role. So it's important that as I give this reading, to I really would encourage you to also make sure that you're, you're getting counseling of any type. Uh, bullying uh, and and uh, of that sort and even negative ideation all have psychological effects and emotional effects and you want to make sure that just as we take care of our bodily health that you are making sure you're taking care of your emotional and, and psychic health through counselors you can do root work that'll support that but you want to make sure that you're still reaching out to professionals in that regard the reason i say this is the cards that i've pulled here do not indicate a full-on type of curse situation the first card that i have is the hanged man and the hanged man is a person who has been betrayed it is an indication that there are people around you that aren't good that don't wish you ill that aren't uh you know uplifting and supporting and whatnot but it is not always an indication that someone is actively lighting candles or cursing or whatnot, even if you may believe that they are. The hangman is a person who is hung upside down by their ankle. It is often referred to in its traditional understanding as the betrayed man, a person who has been betrayed. They have a halo around their head indicating that they themselves are likely innocent. So this indicates to me that your social conditions are not ideal, that the people around you are not ideal, that you have uh, in your life, the people that are in your life are not the people that will support you or give you compassion or kindness or healing or goodness, but are people who will be negative towards you, who will harm you. So your the experience of bullying, the experience of scapegoating is very real. This is a person who's being quite literally sacrifice it's the scapegoat but it is also an indication that this is a sociological experience it is a part of your your psychic experience it's not just purely magical and so why does that matter it means that you will need help that involves some type of practical component just root work alone is not going to resolve this no amount of uncrossing work no amount of jinx killer is suddenly going to make your life turn around and everyone is going to be nice to you there's going to be an, uh, an amount of counseling that is required here as evidenced by the next card the ace of pentacles the ace of pentacles is protected health it is help given from above, but it has a practical component. It shows a divine hand reaching out with a golden coin. Some type of protective talisman here is encouraged. Underneath is a hedged wall, these or gardened wall, indicating that the garden is kept safe through its wall. So protective magic is important here. Uncrossing magic is important here. But because this is an earthy tarot card, it does indicate some practical components, meaning that magic and spiritual intervention is not the, the only consideration. You should be reaching out to some type of counseling work, some type of ongoing therapeutic work that will help you deal with the emotional traumas and difficulties of the past from the experience with your mother to also the ongoing experience of bullying and whatnot. And finally, the future card is a positive one. It is that of strength. It shows us a powerful woman that is taming a lion. 
And she's doing so not by force, not with a club, not with whips, but with her inner resolve, with her strength. She's able to close this in the mouth of the lion. You have experienced bullying. You have experienced some difficult things. You've experienced some scapegoating. But that has also produced some negative ideation, the the idea of ongoing persecution. This can be overcome. You have the, the natural and spiritual resolve and power to overcome this with a little bit of help. Help, a little bit of root work, a little bit of counseling, you can get to a place where you are stronger and in an emotionally serene state, able to overcome the difficulties that you've been faced with in life. Uh, this is what I see here. So overall, quite positive, some practical uh, and spiritual advice. I'm going to turn this over to Nikki Jean, who's going to do your next reading, and then this cat will come with some root work. Hi. Hello. Can you hear me? I'm a cancer also, so I, I just want to say I understand the uh, the absorption of energy. I, um, as a cancer, I do think, um, before I tell you my readings, you need to be very aware of, like, how spongy your energy is and uh, be more protective of it because I feel like from my cards that you're just drowning right now in, in everybody else's stuff, and it's overwhelming you. And it's hard for you to, like, see a clear way out or how to solve this. Um, I, I agree with Kondra Ali that there's obviously – there's traumas that uh, have gone unhealed that um, need some counseling or guidance to kind of heal them so you can kind of stay on top instead of repeating, because I see something cyclical, like repeating uh, same situations. You said this keeps happening, and there's a reason for that. And until, as a cancer, until you kind of, like, wake up and take some action, practical and magical, um, the universe will keep, unfortunately, bringing these lessons on to you. Um, so the first part I have is uh, the Nine of Swords reverse. So to me, again, just shows like kind of mental distress. You are in a, it's, you're fighting a fight that you just need to kind of like step away from and see how can you practically, uh, how can you make some changes practically um, that aren't the same results that you have been doing in the past. Uh, as the Empress, which is next reverse, meaning that you've not been giving yourself time or you, it's almost like you don't feel like you deserve to heal or understand your own power because um, I feel like other people have been putting the problems on you and you get so involved with other uh, issues, you're not focusing on yourself. And that's where it starts. You have to start with self-love and knowing what you deserve um, and setting boundaries for yourself, um, which is, is where you're at right now. The next card I have is the Ten of Pentacles um, reversed as well. So this is going to be, to me, it's kind of a sign of like, if there's people around you that I think you have probably in your life, that are not uh, supporting you, uplifting you, giving you, um, you know, the reassurance that you need. You need to start separating yourself. I do feel like maybe there's others around you that are just kind of weighing you down, but you haven't spoken up or found your voice yet to say, no, I can't, this is too much, um, or you're almost too scared to. So you need to start, to me, it's like personal power. You need to start embracing uh, uh, boundaries. And these energies are only affecting you because you're – allowing i hate saying this but allowing them to get sexy because you're so spongy you're just absorbing and that's the problem with the water signs we just love we just feel everything we feel everything we don't know what's our energy and what's their energy you get too consumed with others but you need to start like this is not mine i can't worry about this um and it should start helping you get um a path excuse me um i do think hello does that make sense? i've heard yes i've heard this all my life i'm sensitive so on and so forth. I realize that. And yes, I get that I do and 
need some ther- you know, mental health therapy, which I am starting to do. And there are other I'm circumstances. So I'm getting a, a, I'm telling you a smaller version. Yeah, because I've gone through too much crap. So I, you know, I'm tired of hearing I'm sensitive yes. and blah blah blah. Oh well, so yes. I mean, you, well, you have to kind of take yes. these problems bite size. I think you're overwhelming with everything that's going on because there's a lot of stuff. Like, there, I definitely can acknowledge there's a lot of things going on, but you have to tackle baby steps right now. So right now, and you're going on the right path. You're getting the mental health, which is the first step. And I promise it will get better. It will get easier. Don't it? And I know it seems like a burden, but you are on the right path. You're seeing that. Um, it's not, you know, unfortunately tomorrow's not going to change, but you, as you start acting healed, it's going to change the way you, uh, these energies are affecting you. Mm-hmm. All right. So well, you got to be patient with yourself. You got to be patient with yourself, though. Give yourself, you got to be more gentle. You're very, you know, be gentle and patient. This is a very, you know, you're watching, be very calm and just, this takes time. So just give yourself some time to, to get through this process, but it, it will relieve. Right. Okay. Well, we have now it's come to our root work portion, and so I'm going to give you some root work advice. And I I recognize, along with everyone else, this has been going on for a long time. A great part of it is childhood unhealed trauma, and I think we recognize that. I would like you to, in addition to getting mental health help, I want you to reach out to ancestors known and unknown who were strong people who can stand by you. Also, any deceased friends or pets that you ever had who would stand by you and will be allies. So these are spirit allies. You can also, you're going to count on your mental health guide as a personal ally. And that's important, too. And I want you to gather together the names, photographs, thoughts, maybe graveyard dirt, from anyone who ever stood up for you. And if you can say honestly that no one ever stood up for you, then I'd like you to call on the Archangel Michael, who is the great defender, or call on your guardian angel as an ally, either guardian angel or archangel Michael. But I believe that there was someone in your family, known or unknown, and it may be generations back, long before you were born, some great-grandfather known for his power and commitment to the family and keeping the family together. Families that have a lot of trauma um, usually suffered some sort of a reversal or downcasting and became... Uh, impoverished and uh, were subjected to mean conditions and lost the power that created the family in the first place. So reach back, if you have to, many, many generations and put together just a little place. You could call it an altar. You could do it on a nightstand or on a bureau and put together a little place where you put pictures, how you imagine them to be, what you know of them, where they came from, who they were, and call upon them for help. If there was a school child who defended you against bullies, put that school child's name up. They may be alive or dead, and you may not know where they are. But you just want those people around you. And I want you to put a picture of yourself in the center as you see yourself, as you are now or as you were at some time in your life. And I want these to be around you in like a semicircle or even a full circle. And I want you to think about them helping you. And then... 
put a candle at the center by your picture, just a white candle, and say, I call upon you all for help, and name them. I call upon you for help, great-grandmother. I call upon you for help, um, Archangel Michael. I call upon you for help, that kindly policeman I met when I was seven years old and I never knew his name. I call upon you for help, my second-grade teacher. Whatever it is, whoever has ever helped you, say, I call upon you for help now, and light that candle. Okay, And then, as you do this, if you're getting mental health help, I want you to also add to that list the name of your mental health helper, whoever that will be, and say, and if you don't know a name yet, it might be, you know, the Greater Cleveland Social Services, whatever it might be called. I want you to help me, and I want you to pray, and pray the 23rd Psalm. I don't think you need any particular herbs, just a little candle. But if you do want to dress the candle, I would dress the candle with blessing oil. Call upon and ask for blessings. And you can also dress it with clarity oil so that you will clearly see who helps you and who doesn't help you and who's going to be um, doing good for you. If you want to do visualization, and some people do, When you feel bullied, when you feel that people staring at you or whatever is happening, I want you to call upon those angels, those ancestors, those departed friends. As one root worker said to me when I said, I didn't have anybody who could help me because I was being bullied in school. He said, "Um, well, didn't you ever have a little dog that helped you? And I said, no, I never had a dog, but I had a little cat. But she's dead now. And, And he said, well, even a little cat will fight to protect you. And he had me get dirt from my cat's grave. So whatever it takes, whoever, and whatever species, condition, (laughs) living or dead, you need an army of helpers around you. And you can call on them for help. And usually they will help. They will help you. So that's my recommendation to you. And... um, uh, Patricia just said in the chat, I'll be relocating this summer out of Cleveland to the southwest. That may be a big improvement for you because if this is an area that has negative spiritual energy for you, moving can be the best thing you can do. And when you move, you might take and just put all together, all that negativity that was there, and just roll it into a ball and just cast it behind you over your left shoulder as you leave and go. And I hope you will have a better, better time. So, um, I guess we're coming to the end of our segment. I didn't get to ask uh, Nikki Jean for any extras, but I think we uh, pretty much come up with some ideas. And I hope these will help you, Patricia. Check in with us again as things go along. And remember, mental health help is part of this. It's not only magic. It's going to be magic and science together that are going to help you. All right, there is our music. Good luck to you, Seeker Six, Patricia. All right, now we get our demonic tritone and our network schedule announcement. LMC. You're listening to the LMC Radio Network, broadcasting out of Forestville, California, on the World Wide Web at LuckyMojo.com. LMC 
Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hooter Root Work Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurement, Sundays, 3 to 4.30, Mystics, Mages, and Magical Places with Reverend Art and Reverend James, Mondays, 4 to 5.30, the Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6, the Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix LaFay, Thursdays, 1 to 2, and Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 7 to 8, all time specific, at 3 hours for Eastern. All of our shows are available in archives at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com, where you will see them listed by title and episode and with clickable links. Sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And now it's time for our free spell segment from our special guest, Nikki Jean of MsNikkiJean.com in Nashville, Tennessee. Here's Nikki Jean. Hi there. So my free spell today is called Marker Territory. And this spell is used to protect your property, your land, your home, anything negative from bad neighbors. My mom used to say, you can't choose your family, you can't choose your neighbors. Um, negative energies. Crime, break-ins, natural disasters, uh, abusive partners, and even spirits. A lot of times in, um, when you move into a new home or apartment, there's energy that's lingering, and you don't want that to come into your new home. So this spell is going to help protect that and make a, a barrier to that nothing negative can come across. So first, uh, you're going to take a cleanse, uh, a spiritual cleanse. I like to do lemon, rose, Mary and salt as my spiritual bath. And I'm also going to, because this is going to contain bodily fluids, I'm going to cleanse my body internally. So the night before, I'm drinking lemon and rosemary water. So my pee, my pee is clear and clean. Um, I'm making sure I'm not smoking or doing drugs, no alcohol. I'm keeping a really kind of clean diet that day before, just so that next day my, um, my urine is the purest and most potent. Um, so once you get the, uh, you're going to go to the restroom, get a, a sterilized cup, um, urinate into it, and set it aside. You are going to need four railroad spikes. I love railroad spikes. They're very strong. They're made of iron. It kind of keeps away negative uh, spirits. Um, and if you can collect them on your own, I feel like most of us in America have access to railways or railroad tracks if you see one. And these things are lying around everywhere. These are really easy to get if you have access to railroad tracks. So, um Collect four of those, or you can go to any local metaphysical store, and I'm sure they will have them. You're going to cleanse those railroad spikes because they've been on the land, so I like to do a smoke cleanse with frankincense and myrrh, and I'm going to, with each of those railroad spikes, I'm going to wave it over the smoke, and then I'm going to anoint those spikes with uh, holy water. I'm going to pray the Psalms 23. I do this to consecrate it and to bring that divine protection and that divine uh, blessing into my home. This is consecrated by, you know, the divine. Then I'm going to take the spikes, each one, and dip it into the urine, the top and the bottom. So the top of the spike gets a dip, and then you go to the bottom. And you go, if you have land, so this is your home, you're going to go in the four corners of your property and nail it all the way down into the ground. If you don't need a hammer, it's depending on how soft the soil is. You can just push it down, but you want that buried in. And then a pinch of salt on top. You can go do that for all four of ones. And as you're nailing it in or pushing it down, you're going to say, protect my land. No ill shall come upon my home. 
protect my tribe, whatever you want to say, but I do want to say an intention per uh, spike that's going down in the ground. Um, and if you live in an apartment and then you're going to seal the work with a pinch of salt and then you've got an, a, a very strong barrier, so nothing bad will happen into you. Uh, if you live in an apartment or a place where you can't bury things or nail anything, you can place the spikes one either inside the corners of your home or I like to do one outside my front door, kind of uh, if I can hide it, maybe behind a pot or I get a pot of plants and put it in there. And then on the uh, other side of my back door, I'll take a pot of plants and put one spike there. So you just need two. It depends on the living um, environment that you have. But this can be done no matter what. And it, it just creates your home as a little dome and it secures that nothing ill is going to happen to anything that is surrounding that, including protecting your car if you have a, you know, if the land has a driveway into it. And, yeah. Wow. All righty. Well, this is a, a, a interesting variation of a very, very old spell, usually called nailing down your property. But by adding your urine here, you've really marked the property for yourself. And um, it, you were very smart to mention um, potted plants. There are people who you know, live on the 17th floor of an apartment building and they have no way to guard the front or the back door, but they can put four potted plants in their house, north, east, south, and west, or at the four corners of the apartment and put the railroad spikes in those potted plants. And people say, what if the potted plant dies? Well, as far as I'm concerned, you can use artificial because what you're really doing mm. is having those railroad spikes in dirt. The potted plant will radiate the energy for you, but you could have driven those spikes into um, gravel. It doesn't matter so much about the plant, but having an artificial potted plant or a real one gives that sort of decorative look, and what you're really doing is burying those four spikes. So that's my only addition to this. It's a very, very good spell. How about you, Conjurman? Do you have anything to add? I love the use of, of urine and railroad spikes here. This is an example of how bodily fluids aren't just personal concerns to use and spells as a connection, but incredibly powerful, magically in of themselves. Protecting a property in this way is just fantastic. Love this working. Yeah, I, it's a, it, this is a really good way to work. I'm going to say another one that I know that is um, similar, um, where in which you would um, mark your territory. This is an older rural spell where you would mark your territory by going out. And this is more often used by men than women because men have a more agile way to pee than women. But uh, any woman with um, who has done a few Kegel exercises can direct her pee. She just needs to think about it. Just, you know, trust me, it can be done. Or you can collect the pee in a little pee bottle or whatever you want to. But it should be fresh. It should be clean. And walk around, um, as one guy said, you just peel on the barbed wire fence line. And oh. so you would have the spikes at the four corners of the property. Now, what if you've got 100 acres? Well, you're going to be walking a lot of fence line over the course of the next few days and just peeing along that fence line. And that is something that a lot of male uh, rural guys told me over the course of the years. But like I said, Adventurous women can learn how to direct their pee. You just have to practice. It's not that hard. I'm sure there would be YouTube tutorials on it. No, just kidding. <laughs> All right. So a, a wonderful way both to set up a protective barrier and to mark your territory as your own. 
All right, well, there's our music. So we're going to turn this over to Reverend Art. And uh, this has been a wonderful show. I want to thank Nikki Jean. I want to thank everybody in the chat before I go, too. I'm going to turn this over to Art. He's going to give us some announcements, and then we'll come back and may have time to just say goodbye. Take it away, Art. Thank you, Ms. Cat, and thank you, Conjurman. And thank you to Ms. Nikki Jean of MsNickyJean.com in Nashville, Tennessee, for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when our special guest from the Divine Harmony Spiritual Church will be John St. Germain of DivineHarmonySpiritualChurch.com in Knoxville, Tennessee, discussing his new book, An Artist Among the Spirits, The Celebrated Life of Reverend Adele Clemens. Once again, we've come to the end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find Miss Cat via the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and Conjureman at conjuremanconsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. I'm your announcer, Reverend Art, joining you from folkconjure.com in North Carolina. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. And the shows are available and archived via luckymojo.com forward slash radioshow.html. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at this same time when you'll hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Waltz. Thanks, everybody, and good night. And I'll see you tomorrow, Miss Cat. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Reverend Art will be live on Mystics, Mages, and Magical Places tomorrow on the Lucky Mojo uh, radio network so follow us on social media get all the details on all of our radio shows all right now it's time to go buy your tickets hoodooheritagefestival.com and i ain't kidding go down there and get your damn tickets folks because the goodie boxes are going fast the time is fast approaching and you're not going to want to miss this one. Ten workshops, each about an hour long, with live Q&A after the workshops. Plus, you can get readers in between the workshops. There's a half hour between each workshop. You can, you know, go and check out and get some food. But you can also get a reading from any one of the air root workers or Hoodoo Psychics root workers who are signed up at the festival. So get your tickets now. Good night, all. Good night, everyone. Good night.